0: seems like just yesterday we were standing here at a different angle, but uh, since I last saw you, we had an opportunity to sit down with the Prime Minister and talk about a range of mutual interests. Um, many of you will know that, of course, there was a major housing announcement today. The thrust of it I am aware of. I'm not sure on the details just yet. Uh, Minister Robinson's working on that right now. I'm sure he'll have more to say on that as the day unfolds. But it is consistent with what the Prime Minister and I talked about in July at our first meeting. If we're gonna crack the affordability crisis in housing in British Columbia, we need all levels of government working together. So this is a step in the right direction. And I also had the opportunity to talk to the Prime Minister about the wildfires last week. I raised the issue of the commitments that they had made and the monies that had not yet flowed. So I'm pleased to say that uh, I think it's $100 million? you know? Yeah, $100 million has been freed up by the federal government to match the contribution that we had made last summer. I think this is very good news as well seeing, uh, again, all levels of government working together in the interest of people, making sure that we don't lose sight of why we're all here, and that is to make sure we're delivering services and protecting, in the case of the fires, um, communities, homes, and businesses. So with that, uh, happy to answer any questions in my head. Um, there were dueling press conferences today, on, you know, people on both sides of this. And I'm just wondering, uh, how close is the cabinet? Are you listening to these kinds of appeals at the last minute, or have you guys gathered Oh, during the absolutely. Conference? We're collecting information. Uh, we have not yet made a decision. We have, uh, I think uh, there's a couple of examples that illustrate the challenge that we have. Um, we heard early on in the process that there were indigenous groups that were uh, Uh, contemplating litigation should we not proceed, and we've now heard from Indigenous groups that say there will be litigation if we do proceed. We've heard from people uh, that say the Utilities Commission work was exemplary, and we've heard from people who say the Utilities Commission work was deficient in a number of areas. So we have asked for more information. We've asked through the Ministry of Finance for assumptions that were made by the Utilities Commission with respect to uh, amortization periods; these are all complex issues. You've seen the the, uh, the requests from the Minister of Finance and the Minister of uh, of Energy. So we're working with all of this information, and we'll be making a decision in the weeks ahead. Do you think that uh, hydro rate increases are inevitable, regardless of what your cabinet decides? Well, uh, I I have learned, uh, Justine, in the past number of months, uh, that inevitability is uh, subjective, and uh, so I'm going to. Await uh, all the information that we can assemble. We'll make a decision, uh, and then we'll proceed from there. But we ran on a platform of affordability, and I want to maintain that. Can I think, I just to go back to housing. I know some of your ministers have been asked in the House a couple times on that, on how you're going to go about honoring the election promise for 114,000 uh, units. Yeah, over that a decade involves. Uh, partnerships with the private sector, whether it's an aspirational goal or if you have a firm plan to hit those numbers. Do you have any ideas you tell people how that's going to hold out, Mr. Gulland? We had a $40 billion announcement today over a 10-year period. Our commitment during the election campaign was a 10-year period, uh, so aspirational in that sense. Of course, there will be several elections before that uh, time is completed. But I believe uh, that if we're going to address this issue, we have to have a goal and a target. We've set a target, but I was at the Urban Development Institute last week talking to the development community about the importance of not just partnerships between federal, provincial, and municipal governments, but also with investment. If we do not find ways to make uh, the supply side work, all of our efforts on the demand side will be for naught. So this is why we're taking time, and I appreciate that it's frustrating for some people, but we needed to have a clear commitment from the federal government. That's happened today. We're going to go into the details in the, in the days and weeks ahead, but our focus is on affordability. Our focus is on addressing what was the most important issue in the election campaign, and that was housing affordability. Uh, this is something I'm going to ask your education minister about, but I thought something as premium maybe could address. In Chilliwack last night, there was a big public meeting uh, hundreds of people denouncing the new school curriculum, um, particularly over Soji, the sexual orientation and gender identification yeah. part. Uh, and people have been saying that's been hate speech out in Chilliwack and Fraser Valley towards uh, a certain sector. That, as a premier, you must be concerned about that. I'm always concerned about uh, uh, an, an inability for us all to get along. I mean, I, that sounds... Uh, You know, it's easy to say I had an outstanding day yesterday with Jay Inslee talking about uh, the values of America, the things that we think about uh, in the Constitution, the rights of individuals to speak freely, the rights of individuals to not feel oppression, uh, those are goals and beacons and symbols to the world, and to have a a representative here yesterday in our legislature talking about that reminds me of the work that we need to do here in British Columbia as well. That's why we want to reinstate the B.C. Human Rights Commission, so that these types of issues can be addressed directly and in a transparent way. Uh, Premier, I want to go back to the housing uh, issue. The federal government's announcement today focuses almost exclusively on low-income families. It doesn't really do anything to address the affordability crisis in the major centres of Vancouver and Toronto. Does this mean that the feds are leaving it up to the cities and the provincial governments to solve this issue? Well, I I think there's a two-part answer to that. Uh, Certainly, we need to address the low-income side. We need to address... The lack of affordable rental accommodation, uh, social housing, co-op housing needs to be reinvigorated. And I understand when we get into the details of the federal proposal, we'll see more uh, hopeful signs about not just new supply, but reinvigorating old supply. But in order to address affordability, we need to bring on more housing. And it needs to be not just Uh, one-bedroom apartments in the sky, we need to build houses and homes for families. That means two- and three-bedroom units. Uh, That means building density around transportation corridors. The reason I put a whole bunch of uh, files on the back of Selena Robinson was because she had a familiarity with local government, coming from that background being the uh, spokesperson in opposition. Wedding uh, transportation through TransLink and housing with the minister responsible for municipal government allows us to accelerate the supply side and create a dynamic where we can bring down costs. So to answer your question, I think largely the affordability issue for middle and higher incomes falls to the province and the local governments. Uh, but we can't underscore the importance of making sure that we are uh, able to move and focus on those issues by ensuring that there is money available for social, not-for-profit, and rental-built housing. I have a quick follow-up on the supply question. Uh, there's quite a debate raging right now about whether supply is the answer. That's yeah. all the supply in Vancouver has done very little to actually address affordability. Yeah. Do you subscribe to the belief that it is supply is the issue? No, there's, it's supply and demand, as it always is. And we need to work on the demand side by trying to eliminate the speculation in the marketplace that's artificially increased costs for people looking to get into the market-driven uh, portion of the housing market. The challenge there, of course, is that if we use a blunt instrument, it could have a negative impact across the sector, which would have an impact on individuals and their their equity and, and their ability to uh, be mobile in, in British Columbia and in Canada so we 're mindful of both supply and demand on the demand side. It falls to the Minister of Finance. Uh, Carol James is working diligently uh, so that come February we'll have a basket of initiatives on the demand side that now with the federal government at the table, we can uh, marry with the supply side and focus on making sure we get prices down and more housing, appropriate housing. Again, uh, we don't need any more one-bedroom condos. We need to make sure we're building homes for people and families or we're going to have vacant cities, not vibrant cities. Did you discuss the proposed excise tax on cannabis with the Prime Minister during his visit? I didn't this time. I did when I went back to Ottawa, and it was a surprise then. Uh, We had anticipated uh, there had been no suggestion from the federal government until October that they had any interest in this being a revenue-generating device for the federal government. So we had anticipated that most of the costs are going to fall to the province so that we were going to be able to use this opportunity to create revenue to meet the startup costs of a whole new system of distribution, regulation and law enforcement. So uh, I didn't mention at this time we had a whole bunch of other things we talked about. Status of the public consultations that were completed at the beginning of the month. When can British Columbians expect to hear what our province is going to do with legalized cannabis? Well, we came uh, late to the game uh, because of the long delay from the May election to the swearing in of a new government. But we were working prior to the election. uh, Minister Farnworth and Minister James, who were at that time opposition members traveled to Washington and Oregon to talk to decision-makers and and policymakers there about what were the obstacles to avoid. I had a chance to talk to uh, Governor Inslee about some of the challenges that they found uh, in Washington State. Uh, So we've we've been working on this uh, as diligently as we can. The consultation is complete, and Minister Farnworth will be having uh, more to roll out in the new year. On that topic, what did... the governor advised you just on they've got two years' experience with recreational marijuana yeah. now. What's the, what's the key tip? How do you do this right? Well, well, there's a range of issues. The first point that I think uh, was front and center for me when I went home to talk to my wife about what my day was like uh, it was a full day yesterday, and when we came to cannabis, it was the price point. If we there's a, a, an expectation, I think, uh, around coffee tables. Uh, and kitchens around BC that this is a windfall of revenue for government. Just tax it and, and you can pay for social programs, you can pay for this and that. Well, the experience in the United States is if you don't set the price point in a competitive way, the black market will continue to exist. And, The number one objective in my mind to cannabis legalization is to eliminate the criminality, get the black market out of it, and make sure that it's a well-regulated, controlled substance that is available to adults at appropriate times and appropriate places. And so Governor Inslee's advice to me was don't look at this as a a windfall of revenue, which goes back to the earlier question about the excise tax. If we keep piling tax upon tax, if the regional governments, for example, want to have their Uh, you know, business permits and and permits to operate within city limits, that's going to increase the cost of the product to consumers, and it may well be that the black market will survive this transition, and I I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. And in July, will police forces in D.C. have some kind of gizmo to routinely test for marijuana impairment like they do for alcohol? They're working on that, and that's a challenge. There's some civil liberty issues around uh, taking samples, for example, uh, that, that will have to be tested in the courts, I'm sure. But uh, the Attorney General is working with uh, the Solicitor General and the Minister of Finance to make sure that we have a, as balanced a mix as possible. Uh, what I can go back to my visit to Ottawa in October, I was very impressed with, I believe is Bill Blair, the former uh, Chief of Police in Toronto, who is now the Parliamentary Secretary responsible for this, very knowledgeable individual. He had a rapid-fire delivery in his briefing. I appreciate that. I like information coming quickly. And uh, the federal government has, has already canvassed some of the challenges on the law enforcement side. Having uh, MP Blair at the front end of that debate will be helpful to us as well, right across the country. And so I, I, I believe that we have a lot of work to do. I was the optimist in October about uh, our ability to meet the, the deadline of July. Uh, I continue to be optimistic about that. Um, I have a a question for my colleague who is watching that national housing strategy. He says that uh, they're promising new subsidies, um, but only if the province kicks in its share and not until 2020. Does that timeline work in terms of addressing affordability? I can't speak to the detail because I haven't been briefed on it yet. But uh, in my discussions with the Prime Minister, I've been saying for some time as opposition leader and as as uh, premier that we need to have a federal government that has a national housing strategy so that we can build our plans uh, to meet the needs of our citizens uh, right across the country. I understand that there will be a legislated national housing strategy. Uh, if it's delayed to 2020, I'll be disappointed. My expectation is we're starting right away and we're going to be building our budget in February based on resources coming from Ottawa. Okay, the last will be Tom Getting back to wildfire, just a second. That sounds like good news from Ottawa. Yeah. The province has already gotten programs going for ranchers. Uh, There's reforestation money in addition to what we've seen before. What can you do with this federal money? Well, it's going to go towards the recovery. This is the worst fire season we've had in uh, recent memory. And we need to make sure that we have all the resources at our disposal to help people in the affected communities. It's small businesses that were depending on revenues from July and August to get through uh, the cold winter. It's tourism operators that have now had their their tenure areas eliminated completely. Uh, These are going to be long-term solutions. And to have a, a federal partner as we build... Uh, The recovery plan to ensure that everyone who was affected has a fair shake, I think, is very welcome news. Again, I I raised it with the Prime Minister in the morning, and the letter came in the afternoon saying the money was available. So I was pleased with the turnaround there. Uh, I'm also, I have to say, uh, meeting with Governor Inslee yesterday and uh, in the time I've spent with Premiers right across the country, I'm excited about the prospect of British Columbia being a leader on a whole host of issues, and my approach to uh, dealing with the Prime Minister. We come from polit- different political parties, as everybody knows, but we both have the same objective, and that is to deliver uh, on commitments we made during the election campaign. I, I, I'm not toting up the score, but I'm doing my level best to meet those obligations as quickly as possible, but uh, mindful that the term is four and a half years, and we're not going to get everything done right away. When Governor Inslee was uh, speaking, he spoke a lot about the rapid rail transport, yep. and you were asked a little bit about that. You mentioned concerns about routing and about customs. Does BC have uh, money in this, and, and where will we get the money? We don't have money in it today. Uh, we'll have to await uh, the conclusion of the, uh, the work that uh, Governor Inslee is expecting to receive, I think, in early December. But this has been an issue that I've talked to Mayor Robertson about. I've talked to Mayor Hepner in Surrey. Uh, we need to address realignment. Uh, we can't carry on the existing corridor and call it a rapid uh, train, a, speed, a high-speed train. So that will involve um, working with the Ministry of Transportation, involve working with municipalities from the border to the terminus, whether it be in Surrey or Vancouver. Uh, We have a lot of work to do on this. There's a lot of excitement about it, and I think uh, if we have to crack the the customs issue, though, one of the challenges on the Nerdbird or the uh, increasing flights from Seattle to uh, seaplane flights from Seattle to Vancouver has been uh, a border services issue, and again, I raised that with the prime minister and we 're expecting an early decision on that if we can If we can find a way to ensure that we 're not having long delays at the border, I think high speed rail is uh, definitely the way of the future, and it will reduce uh, the number of flights, which will be a climate benefit as well, if we can, keep, if we can move people rapidly along the ground without having to wait in uh, airports, either at SeaTac or at YVR, and if we can, uh, I know that certainly working with Harbor Air and Kenmore Air, they have uh, offset programs to ensure that uh, they're reducing their, uh, their carbon imp- uh, footprint. So there's a whole bunch of uh, climate policies that um, Governor Inslee is anxious to pursue, I am as well, and uh, Also, the the tech uh, cluster, the the hubs of innovation between uh, Seattle, Vancouver, and, in fact, right across British Columbia, these are exciting opportunities. Uh, The governor uh, was anxious to come. Uh, I was delighted to have him, and as you all heard yesterday, he's an articulate uh, individual that has a a positive vision that I think most British Columbians were happy to hear after the, uh, I think it was inane tweets uh, was the term. The governor used. Uh, I'm, I'm not on the Twitter box as much as I used to be, but uh, you can't help but see it on Colbert every night. So, I don't know if that's it. That's it. Okay. See ya. Microsoft just uh, released a, a word that they resent your term nerdberg. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get that? Hi, from Microsoft. Okay.